Hi there, I'm Owen Bowling, and I wanted to walk you through a quick presentation on how you can leverage data and AI to future-proof your fitness business. Now, I've been in the fitness industry since 2003 as a personal trainer, launched a functional fitness equipment company with education. We're now distributed in over 25 countries. And in 2019, I started developing the world's first AI coach for gym members, and we'll be launching that in Q3 2021. So needless to say, I've spent a lot of time in the industry as a trainer, vendor, and now in the technology development side of the industry. So I've got a few insights that I think you might find interesting. So let's start with first exploring what data is and what AI is and why should I care or why should you care and why use it? Right? Why do we want to use this in our fitness business? And, and the real reason to use this is not because it's a shiny technology or it's a new thing to play with. It's really to augment a world-class in-person customer experience and enable your business to help more people. Technology is an enabler to help you provide much better experiences. It's not there to replace great experiences. It's there to enhance and augment them. And the reality is, guys, we can do better. Gyms can do better. Here's some feedback from a recent global member survey from a, from a fitness chain. I felt alien in the gym. I didn't know how to use the equipment. I felt foolish with nobody to explain anything. And I felt intimidated by everyone because they looked like they knew what they were doing. And from this same survey, the stats about how many people felt intimidated by gyms uh, is shocking. 46% of people that left the gym, 46% of all women 34% of joining members and 22% of current members. And these are the people that are actually joining or have recently left. These are our members. This is not the people that have not yet joined the gym. And I'm sure the numbers would be higher. So we as an industry can simply do better and effective use of data and AI and technology can help us do better. Now let's talk about trainers and you know, we can all do better as well as trainers. I remember being a trainer very well and some of the things that I could have done better. So here's an example of what a training experience could look like. So I have a, a weekly in-person training session. The trainer knows my goals and my session is actually tailored appropriately. It's not a cut and paste session. My activity history in and out of the gym is also known by the trainer and it's mentioned in conversation and it impacts my session design. My session intensity is optimized for my biometric data and the level of recovery that I currently have. So sleep, stress, hydration, etc. And then my plan for the, for the week is updated based on my recent activity history, my biometrics and my sleep and recovery and hydration and stress, as well as my predicted schedule or lifestyle for that next week. Now, hand on heart, I can absolutely guarantee that almost all trainers are not delivering this level of experience. And this is where augmenting the use of data and AI can actually fill some of these gaps and provide the ability to deliver this kind of experience. Now, speaking of data, I'm not going to go through all of these points because there's a lot of them and I've got more than one slide on this, but you know, cherry picking some out here, 40% of people from a McKinsey and Company study consider wellness a priority in daily life. 50% uh, are less happy with their pandemic fitness routines than with what they had before. The average weight gain of people that put on weight in the pandemic was 13 kilograms. 
And 42% of people surveyed by the American Psychological Association said that they gained weight during the pandemic. 10% of all of those surveyed in that same survey put on over 22 kilos. So we all, in the fitness industry, we often see the news reports and we hear the, the headlines about Peloton and at-home fitness and it's all taking off. Well, guess what? There's a huge portion of the population that didn't do at-home fitness that much and then have put on weight and that are now more conscious of their health and wellness. So even data that's readily available out there through report research and reports can give you an insight into what your business and, and service offering should be focusing on as people start to transition and come back into our facilities. It's really, really powerful. Here's some more data. 75% of studio members said they push themselves harder in a live class. 67% say that in-studio classes make it easier to pick up a routine. And 80% of people are more likely to purchase from a company that offers personalized experiences. So just a little example of some data that could be really useful in how you think about your business and your service and how much personalization you're going to provide. So let's dig into what is data. And now I say data as an Australian, most people probably say data, um, but data, data, you know, tomato, tomato. Data is the information that we collect to serve a specific goal. And that information is not just digital. It's handwritten notes, it's conversation, it's video content. All of this is data. And data is what drives AI. Without a lot of data, AI simply could not exist. And in terms of data, there's, there's kind of two types of data. There's structured data and unstructured data. And we'll explore what that means. So structured data is things like your, your club management system, your access control, your member mobile app, your website visitor analytics, class bookings, membership sites, fee payments, you know, exercise equipment, point of sale, member wearable data. It's, it's structured in a certain way that can be read, can be analyzed. And, and can be queried in a, in a database table. Unstructured data is, are things like social media, customer surveys, internet reviews, CCTV, member inbound email. You think about an email and the content that's inside of that email, how do you query that? Unless you're searching for a specific keyword, that's unstructured data, SMS, messenger chat, uh, member assessment inductions, phone call recordings, the conversations that you have with members and the things that they say to you verbally, these are all examples of unstructured data. Uh, and and we, it's really important to look at both types of data and understand how you're capturing it and, and whether or not it's important for you to use in the delivery of your optimized service to, to your members. Okay, so what is AI? Look, the classical uh, terminology to describe AI is the theory and development of computer systems able to perform tasks normally requiring human intelligence, such as visual perception, speech recognition, decision-making, and translation between languages. AI really is a prediction machine, right? It takes what we have, the data, and it fills in the gaps with essentially knowledge. Uh, it has three cognitive skills. AI has learning, reasoning and self-correction. And it's really part of its function is about unifying data, right? So it doesn't rely on a single structure or a single data source. It's very good at, at uh, operating in between data sources and pulling together, depending on the algorithms. And it's capable of human-like conversation. So multilingual, contextual, 
data-driven conversations. That's certainly what we've been working uh, at at the wellness program with Coach Welly is a, a natural language conversational machine that can act as a gym assistant and coach for all of your members uh, cost-effectively. Now, the big challenge with data, and, and this is a quote from Brian O'Rourke, is, is really the adoption of AI technology by fitness operators is not robust because clubs do not yet have a single source of reliable data. And look, this is a challenge, right? There's no doubt that as you go down this pathway and, and, and look at your digital strategy, you're going to have lots of different sources of data and you're going to have to find ways to try and bring data sources together into as, as limited amount of areas or databases as you can that can then be queried by either an AI algorithm or a vendor's product uh, in order to give you the, the insights that you're looking for. So the data challenge for us is trying to consolidate lots of disparate sources of data into something useful. Now, what I want you to imagine is this. This is a data-driven scenario that we're really not that far away from being able to deliver. So I'm a member of a gym. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a consumer. I wake up in the morning. My app congratulates me because it knows how much sleep I got and the quality of my sleep. I get a hydration prompt to you know, drink some water based on the level of hydration that, uh, that I either have or don't have. I also get given some early morning meditation options uh, and they may be dictated based on my recovery and my sleep and how I went the day before. They might also be based on um, how much time I have this morning before I have to go and to work or, or the traffic, etc. Uh, I get a recovery score post-meditation and I get a recommendation, which is a combination of my meditation and my sleep and my stress. So I get a recommendation for the intensity level of any activity that I might do for today. And I also get given my optimal macros for today based on all of those data points again, and an ideal time to train based on the type of activity and the intensity that I'm gonna be doing. I then have some class options identified that I could do based on the intensity and the type of workout that I should be doing and also based on my schedule. I can book a class right then and there through, through that service, through that app. And then at work, I'm prompted throughout the day to do postural flexibility and mobility movements based on sitting down for a certain period of time. I also get a notification to leave for my class a little bit early because it knows that the traffic's a little heavier and it's gonna take me a little bit longer to get to that class. Records the fact that I've checked into that studio or that gym and that I've done the workout and I actually earn cash for that workout because I was wearing a tracker of some sort. So I wasn't able to fake the fact that I did the workout. I actually earned some kind of cash reward for doing that activity or some kind of insurance benefit. I have my dinner and I get a post-dinner macro review or a review for the day. And I then get a goal progress report for, my, for where I'm at on a day or a week or a month basis. Now that as a user experience currently exists in lots of different service provisions to some degree. And it, we're not that far away from bringing all of this together. So the question that you have to ask is, how much of that can you tap into as a fitness business operator, working with vendors, working with your members, working with the, the kinds of data that you have access to in order to be part of that user experience? Because if you're not gonna be part of that user experience, people will find other places in, in which to have these frictionless, seamless, wellness-based experiences. So question for you is what kind of data do you have access to? 
Yeah. Do you know people's age, their gender, what their ability level is, what their goals are? Do you have visitation and, and workout history data? Can you access any of their biometrics? Do you have MyZone and you can see heart rate data? Uh, are you integrating with any other wearables? And, and the question to ask yourself is make a list of all of the different types of data that you have on people and then figure out how useful that data might be in order to start providing improved experiences. What would happen if every trainer knew when a client was coming in to see them certain things about that person, whether it be nutrition uh, tracking through MyFitnessPal or whether it be what their, what their macro splits should be, whether it be what their recovery score is from Whoop, whether it be how many workouts they've done per week, what is the data that is going to help you provide a really, really good experience and start listing out some of the, those data points. And I want to reiterate here, right? It's not about replacing yourself with tech. This is about using tech to enhance what you do best to create experiences and make the customer the absolute center of those experiences. It's really about what we do as humans, meaningful relationships, hands-on corrections, specific training, the tech is not going to do those things. It's certainly not yet. You are best at those things, especially the relationship building. So where can we use tech to enhance what we're already inherently very good at? And again, we can do better, right? Less than 10% of members globally use a personal trainer. So 90% of your members are not receiving one-on-one -on -one personalized support. 50% of members quit every 15 months. And in some gym chains, it's much higher than that. And 30% of members, as per the survey I mentioned earlier, are feeling intimidated by gyms. And that's existing members. Again, that's not the people that are coming to join. So we as an industry simply can do better and tech and data and AI and the effective usage of those tools can absolutely help us do better. So... One of the questions that I often get is what is available now versus in the future? We can all look at the future like that, that day in a life scenario and think, oh, wouldn't that be great? But what is available right now? And actually, there's quite a lot available right now. So here's some of the things that you can look at and look to in terms of implementing your digital strategy. So you have your CRM. Now, most good, robust, large gym management software platforms have functionality that very few operators are using in terms of they have features and they have the ability to do a lot of things that you may or may not actually be leveraging. So what you wanna do is design a digital strategy that's gonna get more out of your CRM or your gym management software, or find a new one that allows you to do more with it because this is gonna be the engine and the hub of your data collection and then the insights that you get and, and what you do with those insights. If you're a personal trainer, there's some fantastic PT software out there that is, that is leveraging all sorts of really smart tech and, and algorithms that can help you as a personal trainer. I wish that these were around when I was a trainer back in 2004, 2005. Uh, one of my favorites is Trainerize. They're doing amazing things. They were acquired by ABC uh, last year, I believe. There's, there's also um, software platforms like TrueCoach, MyPTHub. There's a few out there. But as a trainer, definitely look, look into whether or not one of these types of software platforms would benefit you. Then we have wearables, right? And the list is endless, but I'm going to name a few that, that I like for fitness businesses and why. So MyZone is the one that hopefully all of you know of. Heart rate monitoring. Uh, you've got apps that the user can use. You've got dashboards as a, as a fitness business that you get access to. It's just a proven 
concept in the fitness industry. It works. Uh, Whoop is an interesting one, and we've we've seen uh, Whoop doing some deals with some fitness operators. And this is a very interesting place where you can start to look at different data like recovery scores. And if you had access to this data, it would then change the member experience quite significantly in terms of what your trainers would do with people. The big one's Apple Watch, right? And, and iOS 15's had some updates in terms of sharing some of the data and stuff like that that's collected in Apple Health that, uh, that's really interesting. Fitbit, MyFitnessPal, you know, both great tools. Uh, MyFitnessPal's less of a wearable, just a really good, really good app. Another great app would be Calm, looking at uh, meditation and even sleep stories to help people sleep better. So what you want to do is you want to build integrated experiences using wearable data because you're not going to get access to that data through your gym equipment. It's going to be being something that's worn by the user. And uh, you know people are generally fairly happy to share some of that with you if it helps you create a better experience for them and more bespoke uh, training and, and services. Now, Apple Health uh, updated, I think this was last month I saw this article. So iOS 15 has some major updates in it. Uh, walking steadiness is a new algorithm that uh, is basically predictive of, if I get this right, it's predictive of um, your steadiness of walking, which can then be linked to fall prevention and uh, other health markers. So they're just working on some really interesting things. And what this is indicative of is the fact that this is only going to progress. This is only going to become more robust. So I would be exploring what kind of integration with Apple Health can we do now? Because it's only going to grow and it's only become more powerful in future. Um, the health sharing is a big one. Long-term trends are interesting. You can look at, at uh, a certain metric and you, know, you see on the, on the image here, you, you're trending higher for four weeks on your steps or your, your heart rate's trended up or trended down. So as a trainer, there's gonna be certain data metrics there that could be really useful to you when you look at long-term trends. Uh, if this, then that, this is a description of a, of a kind of a, a connecting system, right? Now, Zapier is one of the big ones that you might've heard of. So when you've got two softwares that don't talk directly to each other with, with open APIs, you can use a service like Zapier, which essentially means that it's connecting disparate software systems with an, if this happens over here, then do that over there. So for example, when a member swipes into my uh, gym management software, into my gym, and, and we get notified that they're swiping, then I want to send an email, and I don't suggest you do this, but that's an example, send an email out of our email automation software. If this, then that, gluing pieces of software together and helping a lot with automating processes and communications. You then have chatbots, right? And there's a couple of options with chatbots. This is a bit of a, an interesting area. I've seen a lot of people do this uh, poorly, and it does take a, a special skill set to build a chatbot that really works. Um, at Coach Welly, at the wellness program, we've been working on chatbot technology and natural language programming and and uh, reactive versus proactive conversations for three years, and we're just scratching the surface. It's really, really complex. So you can build a simple version, which is a simple question and answer chatbot in Facebook using a, a platform like ManyChat, uh, but I would also suggest looking at vendors that are starting to do this because it's a bit of a minefield. There's also then specific AI tech solutions for gyms. So you've got things like Keep Me, uh, which is AI-based CRM is the simplest way to describe it. 
And some of the, the stats and some of the data that I've been using in this presentation, uh, I actually got from Ian Mullane from Keep Me. He's a very vocal advocate for, for understanding your business through the lens of data and AI and well worth following and looking Keep Me up. You've then got platforms like Scipio. So if you're a large enterprise organization that has a subscription service, Scipio uses AI and intelligent algorithms to humanize subscriptions so that each subscriber actually feels directly connected to their subscription versus just getting a general email, a general notification that's the same for everybody. They're doing some really, really interesting things. And then of course, I've got to mention Coach Welly, my own product. Uh, this is the first AI digital employee. So essentially the, the way that Coach Welly exists is kind of like a proactive Siri for gyms. If you think about Siri, uh, knowing what your goals are as a member, having access to your workout history through your swipes and your integrations like MyZone and Apple Health, knowing when you want to work out on a weekly basis. And they're not just waiting for you to ask a question, but actually proactively saying, hey, Owen, I noticed that uh, you haven't been into the gym today when you said you wanted to. You know, what's happening? Oh, look, I got too busy, all via conversation in chat. Okay, how much time do you have to do a quick workout later on. Oh, look, I could fit in 20 minutes, uh, but I have to do it at home. Okay, here's a couple of workout options that fit your goals, fit where you're at, fit 20 minutes, and that can be done at home. It's that kind of system for, for gym members. Now, this is interesting. So, so I've known about Muse for a little while, but I literally only discovered NeuroSim a couple of days ago. So brain tech, I think, is going to be one of the, the new frontiers. It'll probably start more in medical than it will in fitness. These are, um, NeuroSim especially is, is really a medical device. Now, what's interesting about these is there's kind of two different ways that these guys are approaching it. Muse is uh, brain sensing. So it's, it's, it's measuring and tracking uh, focus, sleep and recovery through EEG. Now, NeuroSim is actually neuromodulation, right? So that means that they, that they clip onto the ear, they uh, essentially are feeding waves into your uh into your nerve that runs up and affecting things like anxiety stress they can improve cognitive performance so you have these two different markets for this type of product you have the the depression anxiety stress uh help and then you also have the optimization with people that that want high level performance improvement cognitive performance keep an eye on this area i think as a gym i'd be really interested in whether or not, and again, looking at wellness, right? 40% of people are now uh, prioritizing wellness. So instead of us being fitness providers, we definitely need to be looking at what we can offer from a wellness perspective. And uh, brain tech just is really an interesting area to, to keep an eye on. And then we've got offline data as well. And this is not a tech per se, but this is data that you're just not capturing generally. And it's really good to make a list of of what kind of offline data are we creating, are we getting, are we, are we capturing from members in conversations and how can this be added to your structured data pool? So offline data is very much unstructured. Can you build a process to capture some of that, that especially the data that you think would be really impactful on, on delivering a better experience? All right, so that is a quick little spin through of, of data and AI and some of the ways to think about it and some of the different areas that you should be investigating. So where to start? The number one thing that you need to do is you need to identify the outcome that you're looking to achieve. So every business, every fitness business is a little bit different. The way that you make money is a little bit different. The way that the kind of services that you provide are a little bit different. So you need to understand where this fits for you. 
you then need to probably include your team in coming up with a strategic plan. How are we going to deliver a better experience? Where can technology and where can data start providing some additional benefits to help us do that? And then start small. Plan out a little bit of a strategic objective. Start talking to vendors. Start with something achievable that you can do sooner rather than later. It might be an if this, then that Zapier type automation. It might be looking at your emails. One of the stats up there about email was that that people are just sick of getting too many emails from brands. So I would highly recommend looking at trying to switch up your communication channels beyond just email, but start with something small and achievable and get a win on the board and progress on your digital strategy from there. Know that it's going to be an investment of time and of money, but also know that if you don't look at this now, it's going to be very easy to get uh, to get caught up by everyone else that is looking at it. So I just really strongly recommend that you absolutely look at how to implement a real robust digital strategy moving forward, no matter what your size, even if you're a solo personal trainer. All right, so if you have any questions about this, please feel free to reach out to me. You can contact me at my email. You can look me up on LinkedIn uh, or on Instagram. LinkedIn is probably the best place from a professional communication point of view. But uh, feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions at all about any of this stuff. And I love engaging with fitness business operators and having conversations that help everyone level up and understand technology and really utilize it to achieve a better outcome for both us and for our clients. And if you've made it this far, congratulations. Thanks for watching. Uh, hope to share more content like this with you and I'll catch up with you soon.